Hello, and welcome to Break the Line, the podcast where we talk with guests about topics in contemporary poetry. The catch? The guests aren't poets. I'm your host and resident poet, Rebecca Faravar. For this episode, I spoke with theater actors Kaiko Shimosato Carrero and Reggie White about persona poems. To help guide our conversation, we focused on two poems, Cuba, 1962 by I, which appears in her collection Vice, New and Selected Poems, published in 1999, and Pilar Ponders the Pecking Order by Holly Iglesias, found in her collection Souvenirs from a Shrunken World, published in 2009. Kaiko and Reggie are both part of the San Francisco Mind Troupe, which is currently performing a musical political satire called For the Greater Good or the Last Election. I spoke with them after the show's East Bay Area debut at Cedar Rose Park in Berkeley. The show runs until September 9th with performances throughout California. Check out the website sfmt.org for more details. Okay, so now let's talk about some poems. In terms of a a poem that comes from the point of view of a a character or person, yeah. Yeah, and, and very powerful coming from a like a first-person perspective, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, usually we can say it can, it can be a little bit of a controversial issue in poetry because some people feel that, well, whenever you're writing, it's a persona. The character mm-hmm. on the page is different than the, the person who's writing it. But um, I think we can say, and, and part of my thinking and putting together this episode was that there is a distinction when you say, I am a specific character, and you're making it clear in the poem that this is a very, from a very particular viewpoint by naming the character or drawing it out. Um, and so I was really interested in talking about uh, these types of poems with actors because obviously that's what you guys do, right? <laughs> you you <laughs> take a character. Really hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, did you, uh, Reggie, I mean, did you see um, any connections between the sort of persona poem or what did you think maybe would be the connection between a persona poem and an actor or acting? Well, I think what's interesting about uh, especially particularly this the poem that I read is that it the language is very poetic and you know if you were to create an image in your mind of what you think this sugarcane farmer would look like you wouldn't think that he would be someone who would speak in this poetic manner so it's sort of like providing some equality in in thought you know sort of to say that this man can have these poetic thoughts he might not be able to voice them in a way that you know we think would be very um poetic as we would think traditionally but this this poem was very in his persona and it was in his point of view but it was very poetic and very elevated and very lot of, lots of imagery and, and lots of really jarring and, and beautiful images too so it's nice Cool. And so actually, yeah, let's just dive right in. Um, so the first poem we're going to talk about is Cuba, 1962, by the poet I. Um, and I is actually known for writing persona poems. That um, She's very interested in identity and the breakdown of identity or how we create it. Um, and if you know, in college, maybe people have come across her, her work, uh, in a, you know, an advanced poetry course or something like that. Um, so yeah, so Reggie, why don't you go ahead and read for us Cuba, 1962. Okay. When the rooster jumps on the windowsill and spreads his red gold wings, I wake thinking it is the sun and call Juanita hearing her answer, but only in my mind. I know she's already outside breaking the cane off at ground level using only her big hands. I get the machete and walk among the cane until I see her lying face down in the dirt. Juanita, 
dead in the morning like this. I raise the machete. What I take from the earth I give back and cut off her feet. I lift the body and carry it to the wagon where I load the cane to sell in the village. Whoever tastes my woman in his candy, his cake, tastes something sweeter than his sugar cane. It is grief. If you eat too much of it, you will want more. You can never get enough. Great, thank you. Um, so, you know, one thing that struck me about this poem, well, I wanted to talk about I because she is so associated with persona poems. Um, but especially in this one, we have, like you said, this really poetic language and this sort of elevated language. Um, but then there's also the character. And the character, in many ways, is sort of hidden from us. We get a very clear picture of this morning and Juanita. But if you think about it, a lot, a lot is hidden. We don't really know his motivation. We don't really know much about him, actually. We can assume he's in Cuba, 1962, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's sort of our assumption. Um, so to start, I just wanted to think about how when you are playing a character in a play, uh, how much is hidden? Do you feel like, is, is that the same sort of experience? Um, Kaiko, how about you? Well, if I were to approach coming up with the character who's, who's speaking... I think, first of all, like you said, this is it's titled Cuba, 1962. So putting myself in the mindset of, you know, I mean, thinking about Cuba in 1962, the first thing that comes across my mind is the missile crisis, of course. Um, but yeah, just... I remember that very well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you were there. No. <laughs> you were at the Cuban missile crisis. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was there yeah. in my, my grandma's stomach. <laughs> my mom wasn't born yet, but yes, I remember it. Yes. <laughs> but we can all read history, so we all, <laughs> we all know. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess that's just to say that in, in developing a character that's a period piece, which to me this is a period piece, then um, just the reasons why, you know, revolutions happen is just these people are living in horrible poverty. Um, and, it, you know, whatever's happening on the political level this man is a man of the earth. He's a peasant who's, who's you know, using his hands and is, I'm assuming Juanita, or to me, I'm interpreting Juanita to be his wife, um, and her big hands working in the, I, I don't want to, using only her big hands, but just by saying big, even though it doesn't say very much, there's, you know, I see strong, veined, you know, hands that are suntanned working in the, the earth. So what I really love about this form is that it really essentializes the character and it doesn't tell me everything about this person but it gives me like the heartbeats I don't know it gives me the essential dots so that I can connect the dots in the same way that if I'm creating a character I don't want somebody to tell me no this woman is just like this she is 35 years old she's lived here she's you know, brushes her teeth with Colgate I don't want to know all that I want to know what's essential you know um, what 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 um, creates her heart what makes her heart beat and so that's what I feel in this poem I you know it's like he cuts off her feet to put it put it back in the ground and whether he's doing that literally although I do take it literally you know it's like honoring the earth I'm it just tells me more than it would if if there was a whole expository uh, paragraph telling me then he cut off her feet and dug a hole and it's like just essential photograph snapshots I guess of, of what he's doing 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one thing that's striking about this poem is that it's such a, a snapshot of this very particular morning, um, you know, this very particular moment. I know when I was reading it, I had, yeah, similar to you said, like you said, I had this very strong image, okay, a peasant, Cuba, uh, you know, working on a farm. This must be his wife. There's some kind of violence that happened to her. Perhaps he caused it. Um, but then when I started to break it down, I was like, wait a minute, how did I get all that? <laughs> because it's none of it said explicitly. I had this sort of character, because we got, like you said, those essential parts, it seemed to have um, sort of built this character out of thin air. Yeah, I mean, did you feel this character was coming alive to you on the page? And did it seem similar to how you build a character when you get a script? Yeah, I mean, I um, it's really silly, but uh, when I, I teach for Berkeley Rep, uh, the, the theater, and we do this workshop with kids, and we talk about characters and understanding um, theater from the realm of storytelling, and you ask those five, you know, W's, who, what, when, where, and why. And so, like Keiko said, like, I don't like all the dots to be, I don't like the color, the picture to be colored in for me. Like, I don't want to know you know, what t-shirt he picks out. Like, those are things that I want to feel like I can create authentically of myself. But um, one of the things that you get about this character, you you see how he feels about other people. You see how he feels about nature. You you know, you get to know him internally as a on a, on a way that you can't necessarily say by looking, you know, at a character, at a character description. So, yeah, it, it, you, you see some things about this man. We don't even know his name. Um we see how he he looks at the world and i think that is really really important for an actor much more so than you know knowing physical characteristics about them because you know it that is you know pretty arbitrary but if you know how they look at the world and what kind of personality they have and 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 their temperament that's that's the word i was looking for i was like keep talking until you find that word (laughs) temperament you can see this man's temperament and um you see he's he's very solemn like you said there was some kind of violence maybe he caused it maybe he saw it maybe we don't we don't know um but there's there's certainly a lot here that would give me like a lot to be able to dive into if we were if we were doing a play based on this. Certainly a lot. Oh, interesting. So you feel like reading this poem, you could start to develop that character for a play. Yeah, like you you he must work with his hands. Like like you and Keiko both said, he must be a peasant. He must you know be a man of the earth, probably really uh, meager means. Um, and there are like little you know things that you can do in your body to sort of convey that and places where your body gets worn when you're doing a lot of work and a lot of repetitive things and probably is really strong and and so there there are little 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 clues here that I could you know if there was a play called Cuba 1962 (laughs) I could audition for this part and feel like I have a leg up because I read the poem yeah you know that's that's interesting you bring up this uh about the physicality because that's something um I was thinking about maybe the difference between an actor and a writer when a writer creates this persona on the page um there's a lot of mm, they they have a lot of choice in what they put down Mm -hmm. right um and they can choose to give you the description the physical description they can choose to not give you that but when you're acting you really embody it you do become the physical description of the character um and that seemed to be i don't know i don't know just maybe not a hindrance per se but I wonder in terms of crafting because you are dealing with physicality of an act uh, as an actor you you are the character how does that when you prepare how does the physicality affect 
or how do you use the words to then make that character a physical thing? For me, the physicality, I guess, it's starting simply with I believe he's a, he's you know a peasant. He's working in the earth, um, and I also believe that his economic situation is lower. He's impoverished. Um, he's also selling his cane to people in the village. I don't know how much he has, but I also believe this person is very strong, physically strong. He lifts the body and puts it in in the wagon. Uh, so that's what I get from the poem. But then some of it is also like I'm going to romanticize it a little bit, and I'm going to just feel in my body what it would feel like to just be getting up in the morning, tired after working a hard day of work the day before, and you know, lifting my machete, going out to the the fields. What does my body feel like walking in the dirt and hands that have like held this machete day upon day for years? You know, my skin is uh, you know leathered by the sun. Working outside, all of those things go through my mind, and then I try to feel that in my body. <laughs> you know, and incorporate it from the. It's um. I guess in the way that I've I've been trained in physical theater, so I'm going to say that I would do this physically. So I'm going to go from the outside and work in. So externally, you know, it's like my back hurts, my feet hurt, my hands hurt. So there's some pain involved. And I'm, you know, so movement is not, I'm not lithesome and springy in my step. And um, my... So physically, I guess that's that's how I would come and maybe try to walk around with that. And then how does that inform the way I feel? Well, it's hard to be in pain all the time. <laughs> you know, it, it it creates in my gut like a kind of a, sometimes maybe a resentment against rich people. It's like they don't have to work as hard as I do. So just from those little things in the poem, I can pretty much construct... Who I believe this person is, um, but that's from from me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so another actor may come up with a completely different character. Yeah, of course. Um, and just like you know, I think a person could come to the poem and also have a, a different uh, reading of the character and have a different way of building it or per perspective at all. But we would have these sort of markers. Um, it's so fascinating to me that with just these few lines, you guys are able to really craft you know what this character could look like how you might act him if, if it was in a play um and I guess sometimes maybe in some plays if you have a large role you have a lot of lines that the, <laughs> the character and maybe if you have a smaller role you have to fill in the dots more really too hard, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so it means that sort of part of the process uh when you're acting as this filling in the dots there's a lot of there's a lot of research that happens I would if this, was, if this was a character I was working on, I would even read a lot about Cuba in 1962, look for photographs of peasants living in Cuba at that time and cane farming techniques at that time. There's a lot of um, background research that you do for your characters. So, Yeah, especially if we're getting, like, really specific. Like, if, if this scene was part of the play, yeah, like, totally look at how they chop cane and, and what kind of machete they use and how heavy is it and... How worn is it? And, you know, lots of things like that. But depending on... I mean, you say, like, depending on the size of the character. But I think there's kind of an equal amount of research for for even the smaller parts because you're only there for 
two seconds, but you have to have just as much authenticity. Like if you're if you're off and you're only on stage for two minutes, the audience would be like, "It was good, but that dude that was there, like he didn't, he wasn't really in the style at all. Like this is Cuba 1962, and he was looking like Dominican Republic 1985. Like <laughs> his costume was wrong and his movements were wrong, and so you kind of have to work harder because you don't have as much to work with." Um, but there's even more research, you know, with less material. Um, but sometimes if you're doing a smaller part, you can sort of look at the broad stroke of the play and say, like, okay, where do I fit into this? Whereas if you're doing a larger part, you can sort of just focus on yourself. So, Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it sounds actually really similar to when a poet would be co- constructing a persona like this because you can imagine, sure, she could have a whole book devoted to this, um, to this character or this situation, but... Uh, it wouldn't, I, I, my instinct is that it wouldn't be as powerful mm-hmm. than breaking it down to this very essential moment, like we said. Um, well, why don't we move on to our next poem, uh, which is by Holly Iglesias called Pilar Ponders the Pecking Order. Um, and this is actually from her first book, uh, Souvenirs from a Shrunken World. And all the poems in it are persona poems from the perspective of people involved with the uh, 1908 World's Fair. So this poem, um, as we'll see, is really different uh, in terms of how she constructs the the um, characters in it, right? We, well, why don't we just hear the poem? <laughs> Kaiko, could you read it for us? Interesting. You know, I thought it was the 1904 World's oh, Fair. Okay. When you Actually, okay. Oh. Actually, we can look at the back of the book, it will say. <laughs> 1904. Oh, excuse me. So 1904 World's Fair. Only because I looked up where the World's Fair was in 1904 and it was in St. Louis. We <laughs> looked it up and it was like, Does, is that going to inform me about this poem? Oh, and that's great, you know, and I think um, that's great that you looked it up. And yes, in 1904, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> because it really does, I think, inform a lot about this whole book. Um, she really wants you to know very strongly that, that this is all the characters are affiliated with this event. Um, so great. Let's hear the poem. Now it is English to learn, English to teach, to savages, por Dios. I wear the long white gown, I speak five languages. My hair is rolled in the European style. I am a lady, a Christian, a professor from Manila who teaches teachers the best, not packs of wild primitives. The U.S. government displays me teaching Bagabo, Igoro, and Moro children in a thatched shack. I, a woman in a white gown, educated by nuns, refined, light-skinned, a Zamora. We do not mix with these people. They are riddled with disease and superstition. They live in huts on the fairgrounds. Would the Americans have me sleep with them, too? Great, thank you. So we can already see um, some distinctions between uh, Cuba 1962 and Pilar Ponder's The Pecking Order, um, especially in this kind of description right we get a lot more of a description of um of pilar and we can we're definitely encouraged i think that she that's her name <laughs> right as she's pondering the pecking order <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i don't know Richie, did that affect how you uh, approached this poem having all this additional information yeah i mean even just very simply in the the perspective of each of these personae 
um, in each of the two poems, this, you know, unnamed man is inhabiting his world. And Pilar is not. This is something new, completely foreign and strange to her. And she has no problems letting us know about it. Like, she calls people savages. And she makes very clear distinctions that, you know, the us and them divide is very clear. And she's like, I don't want to be here on my own, but I'm doing it. Oh, I got to do it for Jesus. I got to do it for the Lord. And, you know, um, yeah, so th- this one, sometimes as an actor, I have to say it's a little more fun to play these kind of these kinds of characters because she's like, I'm not having fun being here at all. And sometimes it's it's fun for the audience to watch an actor not have fun on stage. And so, like, this would kind of be a little bit a little bit of fun to play just because you can like imagine that that scene that like that first scene where um uh blanche comes in in uh streetcar and desire where she's like when her finest you know worn old clothes and she's in new Orleans, she's like looking around like i don't belong here like that's kind of what i feel like pilar is coming into this situation like like goodness me what is this so it's it's very clear who she is and what she thinks about the world and and all that but again you know all the all the the pictures and colored in like we don't know how tall she is or how old she is or or things like that 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 can be left to interpretation but there's certainly a lot of dots that are just ready for you to connect whenever you're ready so yeah that's great yeah so so that's that's actually cool because um from what you're saying it both, I mean, I guess that's why you're an actor because in both ways it's fun for you. <laughs> have you have the the dots to fill in, or if you have it all connected? Um, Kaiko, how did you uh, approach this character having so much information? <laughs> well, I love the fact that I can see what she looks like or what she's wearing, and that so in my mind I'm kind of filling in her face and her body and her movement and how she moves because she says I am a lady you know and so how does a lady move but she's also this person who thinks she's better than you know she's um, she's a lady she's Christian and so to her in her native Manila I am assuming that's because she's from a professor from Manila um, she's better than these savages that she teaches English but here in America at the World's Fair in St. Louis she's just the same to the Americans or that's how she's feeling or I guess that's the conflict that she's having inside herself but I can I can just feel you know it's St. Louis it's probably the summer it's hot this is all coming from I don't know where but you know it's in my head she's wearing this white gown because it's warm weather um, and not wanting to be compared with these other people from her own country because she's done a lot of work come through a lot to educate herself or become educated um but yes she also says the u.s government displays me so just like these people who are living in their thatches in their in their museum exhibit so is she she's also part of the display from from the philippines Yeah, um, and I think that's key because there's so much language um, that really points in this poem that in some ways it's more of a point of view than a character. And um, and perhaps because having read the whole book, each character kind of has a different element in the World's Fair. Some are, uh, you know, show higher class people, some show uh, people who would be perceived as lower class and, and a lot from these viewpoints of people who are on display. So, so it can be uh, almost like the character... Uh, in this poem, or maybe I should point it to you, point it to you guys. Uh, did you feel like the character is more of a point of view, or trying to 
express an idea more than be a character. Interesting. I mean, I find this one really evocative, and, and I think that the idea is really important. But I, I can still put myself in the position of this woman. But um, rather than snapshots, to me, this one is like it warrants a film. It's very filmic, you know. It's like I see this woman walking through this World's Fair, and it's like see other people seeing her. And so seeing her from other people's perspectives and then how she feels would be this monologue. I know I'm writing a, a whole long play, but that's what it feels like in this very encapsulated little piece. I could I could approach it from both directions. It could be about the idea and it could also just be about this woman and how she's experiencing this particular moment in time. Um, that's great, yeah. And I think I'm. That's it, it's fascinating to me to hear you guys talk how you are able to develop this whole world around the characters based on we're just crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or crazy. <laughs> no, but that I mean that's that's so fascinating to me um, because I know when I tend to read, I focus just on the words that are there, and I, I really focus just on breaking down. Mm-hmm what what's on the page and I, and I feel very stuck to it so it's really interesting for me to hear you talk about jumping off from the page and I guess that's because that's exactly what you do right you yeah. get a script and you jump off from that page and create this whole world from what someone else has written right yeah. so yeah it's 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 very interesting um to sort of have to take these 2D snapshots and portraits and make them you know almost four dimensional in a way in a sense so we're like adding a whole bunch of stuff to and like you said you know each actor could see something completely different in this if you asked another actor or another director or another poet they could see something completely different and I think that's sort of what makes acting kind of fun is because you know you never know what you're going to get like each actor has their own little set of tools and their their way of thinking that they sort of try to melt together with it's almost like Wonder Twin Powers activate like in form of an actor and you know you have the character and the actor and they come together with this performance and so it's kind of nice to to hear different points of view about you know what could just be one simple character yeah and in fact that's probably what you know part of what makes you stand out as an actor and makes people want you in in a particular role is because you are going to bring some other point of view that maybe a different actor wouldn't Um, so it's really exciting when you can do that with these poems as well and bring in these other points of view and really flesh out these characters in a way that maybe someone who like myself who's picking it apart word by word will get something else out of it as well but it's just a different way of looking at it exactly great um let's see any final thoughts on persona poems or uh poems or (laughs) or the poems we read um, well, I'm fascinated by this book. I want to read the rest of it now because <laughs> I'm going, oh, Shrunken World. I get it. World's Fair. Shr-. I mean, it's just I love the whole souvenirs, memories of a shrunken world. Um, and I'm coming away with it from what you just said. I'm like, oh, maybe I can try reading poems like that because I always jump off immediately and go to painting a picture in my head. So it's uh, interesting. And I definitely think that that this is a a type of book uh, that encourages you to do just that. I I mean, I 
think a large part of this project is she's trying to paint a picture of well, what would it have been like to be at this fair by taking all these different pieces and putting them together. So it's really cool. Great. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for speaking with me and reading these poems. And yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, And so then that is the end of our episode of Break the Line. Thanks for listening.